Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. You have your Bibles. You might want to turn with me to the book of Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. A year or so ago, I was, uh, I had the privilege of preaching revival for uh, Pastor Olson over in Tempe. On the final night of the uh, Tempe revival, they had a rally, and a number of the churches in that part of the Phoenix Valley came out for a great, great uh, grand finale. It was a scene I I could feel. How many know what I'm talking about? Just the moment from the get-go, from the time the song service began I said, God, there's no doubt about the success of this meeting. You're going to show up tonight. You're going to help us. And how many feel tonight that same expectation? You feel that faith tonight. That night, Pastor Olson uh, called up one of the young pastors. He's been out just a few months pioneering and had him pray that evening over the service. And I'll never forget, as this young preacher began to pray I don't remember all that he prayed, but one part of the prayer was, Lord, prepare our hearts tonight for the Word of God. Now, that in itself is not profound. It's very general. We've heard this prayer prayed before. But when this young preacher began to pray, I was no longer hearing the voice of a man. I heard the voice of God. I was... Stirred, I went home and put this sermon together, prepare you the way of the Lord tonight from Nehemiah chapter 8. Americans tonight have no understanding of royalty. We are in the presence tonight of sovereign. God is sovereign. What does that mean? God does exactly what he wants to do. We especially are ignorant of a monarchy being raised in a democracy We're ignorant tonight of a monarch or a sovereign. And how many know tonight there's a right way and a wrong way to approach sovereignty and royalty? I remember years ago reading about Ronald Reagan. He was coached 45 minutes to appear before the Queen of England for 10 minutes. How many know you can't walk in before sovereign? You can't walk in like an Arizona cowboy and say, howdy. I believe tonight there is a right way and a wrong way tonight to approach the church service. We're going to get exactly tonight out of this service what we put into it. You ought to be up on this platform sometime looking out of the audience and watch what's going on during the service. Now, I want to tell you this is a living organism tonight. This is not, this is not Amen Masonic Lodge or the shrine tonight. This is the church of the living God. Can you say amen? 
And there is a dynamic that's involved tonight. There's a dynamic going on tonight at the very beginning, from the moment we open our mouth and sing. And aren't you glad tonight the Bible doesn't say sing in tune? He said, make a joyful noise, all you people. Makes no difference how you're feeling. Makes no difference if, if your boss turned into a demon today. Makes no difference if it's 135 degrees in the city of Phoenix. Jesus is still on the throne, and he still deserves all the praise and the honor and the glory. And when I come to the house of God, I'm going to sing my song. I'm going to shout my shout. I'm going to glorify God tonight. Nehemiah chapter 8, beginning of verse number 1, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday, midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people, listen, were attentive to the book of the law. Verse number 5 says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the people, blessed, blessed the Lord rather, the great God, that all the people answered amen and amen while lifting up their hands. They bowed their heads, worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse number 8, so they read, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said uh, to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet and sin portions, to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. Verse number 12, And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions, and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I want us to bow our heads again. Father, thank you for the anointing, the presence of God. Once again, we're asking for that dynamic of the Holy Ghost tonight. We thank you for access tonight. You daily loadeth us with your benefits. You forgive all of our iniquities, heal all of our diseases. You crown our lives with loving kindness and tender mercies. God, intervene in these desperate needs tonight. Let this be a night of the miraculous and the supernatural. Let the gifts of the Holy Ghost be in operation tonight. God, touch these lives, we pray tonight, in Jesus' powerful name and all of God's people said, amen. I want to consider with you tonight, first of all, our approach to the Word of God. 
David Wilkerson recently sent out a newsletter, and he was lamenting the fact of how Americans today are very dull in their hearing when it comes to the Word of God. In the book of Amos, the Bible says in the 8th chapter, about the 11th or 12th verse, uh, it says in the last days that there's going to come, amen, a problem, and it's not going to be the lack of Bibles. Uh, it's not going to be a famine for the Word of God, but it's going to be a famine for hearing the Word of God. How I many know we're living in that time tonight when people cannot endure sound doctrine? Here's David Wilkerson. He sends out this letter. He said, it seems to me, he says that the majority of Christians today are losing their love for the truth. So many go to church now just out of habit, expecting an hour or more of religious routine, but no convicting, no soul-stirring message from God's throne. I hear from others who say they truly get depressed, thinking of going to their church Sunday after Sunday and not experiencing the manifest presence of Jesus Christ. Listen, there are a growing number of megachurches where many thousands gather for an hour to hear a non-confrontational gospel, watch a humorous skit, and see sinners made to feel comfortable. Sin is not being exposed, exposed with spiritual authority, and the demands of the cross are never mentioned, and the Christ, the rock of offense, is preached as a non-offensive pal. There's no weeping, no repentance, no anguish for sinning against a holy God. And some people, listen, have turned away from our ministry saying it is too hard and it's too negative. I've seen Christians leave Times Square Church, seek out a church that doesn't make them feel uncomfortable in their sin. That's the picture of a generation in which we live. In our text tonight, here are the people of God returning after 70 years of Babylonian captivity. Here are the people of God. They have been kidnapped, uh, literally carried away 600 miles uh, to a strange culture, carried away to another nation. And the Bible says after 70 years uh, of Babylonian captivity, they come back, uh, amen, to the city of God. And in verse number three of our text, uh, it says, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. What does it mean to be attentive? It means to prick up the ears, to give heed, to incline, and to regard. You see, the phrase, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches, you'll find that written over and over again, especially in the book of Revelations, and you'll find that Jesus Christ, in Mark chapter 4, verse 12, he said they have ears, but they cannot hear. They have eyes, but they cannot see. Could I tell you this evening, we have two sets of ears. We have these physical ears. We have spiritual ears, and this is what stirred me to preach this message message tonight. Can you imagine what would happen in our church service tonight? Can you imagine what God could do in this place tonight if every one of us came into this building tonight and approached the Word of God like the children of Israel? Can you imagine what would happen 
on a Sunday morning, if everyone in this congregation, wherever you go to church, would come into this, this place and you would hang upon every word that's being preached by your pastor, you're saying, God, my heart is open. I'm not going to analyze the sermon. Amen. I'm not going to put it under the microscope. I don't care if he preaches a three-point sermon. I don't care if he gives his testimony and begins to prophesy. I'm going to come to the house of God attentive with my heart open to the Word of God. Oh, it makes preaching so much easier. Very hard to preach when you have people that are analytical. That's just a nice politically correct word for unbelief. The Word of God has an impact tonight when in verse number 5 it says, When he opened it all, the people stood up in reverence. Not only were they attentive, but they were also reverent before God. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 5, hear the word of the Lord. You who tremble at his word. Ezra chapter 9 and verse 4, Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel assembled to me because of the transgression of those who had been carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. Here's our text. In verse number 6, the Bible said, And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Can you imagine tonight what would happen? What a unique fellowship that we have, a fellowship of preachers. We are what I would call tonight Jurassic ministry. We are the dinosaur ministry of America tonight, the, the vanishing evangelist, uh, the vanishing pastor, uh, the vanishing Holy Ghost preacher. How many know we are very rare in this nation? We're very rare tonight that we have a Sunday night service uh, and a midweek service. Most Pentecostal churches, they cancel their Sunday night church because nobody wants to come to the house of God. They don't want to hear preaching. And Wednesday night is some kind of a lame prayer meeting where 30 people get together and hold hands in a circle and pray for the one on your right hand and on your left hand. We come back Sunday night and hear another sermon, a different sermon, a different service altogether. Different environment, different atmosphere. God's saying something totally different. Amen. We come back Wednesday night to another preaching service. We love preaching here. Pastor, tell it like it is. Amen. Don't put any fluff in it. Just tell me exactly. And I thank God for preachers where you don't have to go home and pull out the Strong's Concordance to find out what they just said. They spit six rows when they preach. Hallelujah. Someone asked me not long ago, do you have an incorporation? I said, I sure do. It's called Up Your Nose where the Rubber Hose Ministry Incorporated. When I came into revival, God was pouring out the Holy Ghost in my city. And I'll never forget James Robinson when he used to be an evangelist instead of a Johnny Carson for Jesus. Some of you just got upset, fine. He preached on hell that night. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I could smell the sulfur burning 
It scared me so bad at the altar call, I ran out the door, almost backed over two people trying to get out of the parking lot, and then came back the next night so he could hit me again. You know what I did? I ran out at the altar call again. God is so merciful. Six months later, I got saved, but I was without excuse. Listen to me. Thank God tonight for men that will stand up boldly and preach the word of God. Here are people that trembled at his word. Here are people that are reverence before God. They're reverencing God's word. Can you imagine what God would do? Can you imagine what the Holy Ghost could do in our church services if we would reverently approach the word of God? Not only that, but they came with an expectation This is the attitude of anticipation that's going to happen. What's going to happen in that service? We ought to be coming like we used to come, sitting on the edge of our seat. Can't wait. We don't care who the servant is or the vessel that God uses. What do we care what color he is? Amen? Makes no difference whether he parts his hair on the right side or the left side. Maybe you don't like the white horse he rode in on. It makes no difference. We just come. We don't care if the man's been out in the ministry for three days or 300 years. We're coming to hear God's word. We're not going to analyze it. We're going to come with expectation. Can you imagine what God could do in our church services if we could get this into our people's minds, into their hearts tonight, that when we come to the house of God, we need to come with that expectation, anticipation. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know it's going to be good. Hallelujah. And I've come to turn my faith loose and get behind the pastor. I go to conference to do two things, to give and repent. By the last night, I feel like I need to put on an asbestos suit, knee pads, and steel-toed shoes. I've eaten about a pound and a half of carpet. Because preachers preach to preachers at our fellowship. I said preachers preach to preachers. Remember when you used to come just can't wait? Just couldn't wait to get there to see what's going to happen next? Hallelujah. While we're having revival in here last night, I called home, amen, and they're telling me eight people, new conver- eight new converts got saved on a Wednesday night service last night in Ogden. Amen. One of our young guys preaching in the park this last weekend, prayed for a lady with hepatitis C, came into the service last night with a medical record. All the hepatitis was gone. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, that's what God can do in a service. I remember many years ago preaching up in Flagstaff. They'd already been in revival for three weeks. They'd knocked a wall out. The evangelist had to move on down the road, and they asked me if I would come. It was my week off. I said, sure, I'll come in there. I'll never forget the first night I was in that place. Uh, uh, They began to worship and begin to praise God in that place. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it since. Uh, Amen. But a fog rolled into the service. I saw it with these physical eyes uh, as it began to roll into the service. Uh, It was like a haze across the audience. uh, And as it began to move in, people began to react to it. I haven't seen it since. Uh, I hadn't seen it uh, before that time. But I want to tell you, a friend of mine, amen, this is what God wants to do. He wants to suddenly show up in his temple on a Sunday morning when we're thinking we're just going to have a regular old ordinary service. We don't need a regular ordinary service. We need an extraordinary service. We need something supernatural. That's what's going to change this generation. 
You're not going to change it with just a bunch of principles. We need God to show up, folks. What's going to make a believer out of this generation? It's when God moves in signs and wonders. So God, don't let this be an ordinary service. Expectation is a manifestation of faith. In Acts chapter 10, verse 33, So I, I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things that are commanded you by God. Why is it that we come into the house of God with our defenses up? And you can watch the whole range of response while you're preaching. You say, you mean to tell me tonight, preacher, that you would put a sermon together for one person? Absolutely. It's called pull up both barrels and start shooting. Forget point one, two, and three. Just open up the introduction, talk about something, and let it fly. Yes, I've been in services like that. How many with me? We've become Pentecostal philosophers in this generation. Amen. And worse than that, they begin to mess with people's heads, playing psychiatry in the Pentecostal church. What insanity. You can't mix the better part of therapeutic psychology with the Word of God. Are you with me? Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Pastor Adam back with you again. Just wanted to give you this report that uh, you have been doing a great job of sharing the news of this podcast and continuing to download uh, episodes on a daily basis. The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. There's more of you listening now than at any other time in the podcast history. So we just want to say thank you once again for tuning in and listening to these anointed sermons. We just want to ask you one thing real quick. If you could do us a favor and leave us a review, especially those of you on Apple devices, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, uh, we need some five-star reviews. And also, uh, if you could leave a few notes in there about what you like best about this podcast, it would really, really help us. I'm sure that you know somebody who could use a daily podcast to get them through the day. Please make sure you share it with them. And uh, also, uh, we are trying to get our hands on sermons from all across our fellowship. If you've got some good ones to share with us, we'd encourage you to please contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to feature your sermons from your church as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of this sermon. We need Holy Ghost preachers. I believe we have some Holy Ghost preachers in this place tonight. My question is, it's what's happening in the pew. Don't you love that word? Pew, just stinks, doesn't it? The pew. Pepe Le Pew. Especially folks that have been around for a while. Yeah, I've seen this before. All he's trying to do is get us hyped. Maybe it's faith. Maybe it's time we believe. You know, I looked up the word believe in the Greek. You know what it said? Believe. Let me give you a little Bible study tonight. I know you wanted one. You want some theology? You know what believe means in the Greek? Believe. Either you believe or you don't believe. I was never told as a new convert that I couldn't believe God for the greatest. Listen to me. God can heal anything from a hangnail to AIDS. 
I saw a man delivered from in Liberia, West Africa. I prayed for this man. He had bursitis in both of his shoulders. I cast out a demon of witchcraft, and when the witchcraft left, both of his shoulders were totally healed by the power of God. In the same service, a little boy paralyzed on his right side. He was not about uh, two years old, hadn't walked in a number of months, uh, and his mother brought him up. We prayed for him, and the power of God touched this child. And the next thing I know, it, he's walking down the center aisle with his mother. The next night, the crowds doubled when they saw the miraculous and the supernatural power of God. I love it when demons manifest. It doesn't shake me up. It's exciting, isn't it? When you see people delivered from demon powers. I was in a Sunday morning service preaching. Actually, I hadn't begun to preach yet. We were still singing in choruses, and we began to sing that song, Power, Wonder, Working Power in the Blood of the Lamb. I want to tell you, the devil hates the blood. It was Sunday morning service. You know how Sunday morning services can be? The lights are on, but nobody's home. You know, you're one French fry short of a happy meal. You're, you're sitting there. The elevator goes all the way but there's, uh, to the top, but there's no top floor. You know what I'm talking about? You're there in body, but you, you wore out from the night before, from fellowship, you know, you know, and, and drinking Christian speed. <laughs> this guy begins to manifest during the song service. And he always have visitors when that happens. You ever notice that? And you invited your grandmother out, you know? And grandma, it's kind of, you know, what kind of church is it? Well, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, and you're trying to tone it down, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like, kind of like Baptist, you know, and you know, you're lying. And this guy is screaming out on the song service, I hate the praises of God's people. It wasn't his voice. And I'm over here minding my own business. I'm not even leading the song service and pointed his finger at me and said, I hate you too. I ran and grabbed the microphone away from the song leader. I said, I hate you too, devil. I recognize your voice. (laughs) And they drug him out. Took five people to take that little skinny guy out. I mean, we had everybody's undivided attention. I said, now we're going to cast the devil out of this man. I'm not sure where it's going to go. And so, if you're not under the blood, I'd get into the blood real quick. <laughs> Gave an altar call, and people come running down, you know. Cu- couples that had been fighting that morning, they even came down, you know. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, because nine demons came out of that man. He was powerfully delivered, came back that night. Amen, came into the service. His face lit up like these fluorescent bulbs. Four years later, I came back to that church, did a tent revival, and he's sitting there with his kids, restored back to society, working a job. His parents had given up on him. The judge gave up on him. He had been to three different medicine men with no results. And Jesus, just one touch of the master's hand, just one touch of God, and he's instantly delivered by the power of God. This is what we need. And as a young pastor, you know, when I saw the demon possessed, it was a challenge as a new pastor. I didn't know all the technique, but we just figured you tackle them, get them on the floor, put your knee in their chest, and start casting them out. (laughs) 
Hebrews 4, 2, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Listen, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. I want to look secondly this evening as I move quickly along some of the hindrances because I believe tonight we can cultivate our approach to the Word. How many believe we can cultivate our heart toward the Word of God? Ever wonder why you can have a building full of people hearing the exact same message? Some are powerfully affected and others are totally unmoved. Is that a mystery or not? One of those hindrances is distraction. Do you know your mind can be a million miles away? Your mind is cluttered with the cares of this life, your own problems, money problems, marriage problems, consumed by anxiety, people moving around. There are folks in my church, if they could, they would bring remote control cars. I never had to entertain my kids to keep them still in church. They sat down and didn't breathe. Now we have to bring the whole toy box to church so they won't be bored. Or we give them, amen, five pieces of red candy that just hypes them up. So wired you could hang them from the wall from Velcro. Distracted. I preached revival in churches where a third of the church at an altar call, a third of them standing out in the foyer talking out there. Just make you want to roll the windows down and tell them to go home. You don't care about what's going on in this altar call, what God's doing in this place. You're so bored with what God is doing. What turns your crank? What gets you excited anyway? We never left early from a Pentecostal revival meeting. You never knew what was going to happen. Today we have many revivals so we don't tire out the saints. They used to have all-night prayer meetings. There's not very much fasting today. There's lots of feasting but very little fasting in the church. None of us are going to die from martyrdom. Most of us are going to die with a knife and a fork in our hand from high blood pressure and bleeding ulcers because we're worried that we don't have something that somebody else owns. Are you with me? You may, if you left a revival service early, you might miss the Jericho March. We didn't know we were supposed to be respectable and dignified. I remember I invited my grandmother out to revival meeting. And I'm in the prayer room. I said, I bind sister so-and-so. Don't don't let her give a message in tongues tonight. I bind brother so-and-so. Don't let him prophesy tonight. Let this be a nice, uh, dignified service. And I brought her in, and sure enough, sister so-and-so jumped up right behind her. Brother so-and-so got in the aisle, almost danced, almost sat down in her lap. 
And pastor got up behind the pulpit and started singing that song, I'll Fly Away, and he got happy, and he had one of those big cowboy buckles on, and he jumped up and got hung up on the pulpit and couldn't get down, and his legs were dangling like that. Oh, you should have been in some of the Pentecostal meetings I've been in. This is meek and mild stuff. I'm holding on to the bottom of my chair. I joined the White Knuckle Club, and I'm saying, oh, God, why did this have to happen? I leaned over to my grandmother after service. I said, how did you like the service? And tongue-in-cheek, she said, I haven't been in this kind of meeting since the 1920s. Her eyes filled with tears. And the Spirit of God convicted me. He said, don't you ever be ashamed of my power. Don't you ever be ashamed of me moving in a service. Amen. Sometimes when God starts moving, folks get emotional. Your mascara might run, honey. Amen. You may have your hair tied up in a bun. You might shake it down before the night's over. Some folks, when they get washed, they get starched. There's another hindrance, and that's apathy. This is the bored here versus the attentive here. It's the case of the I don't cares. Apathy makes you lukewarm and unresponsive to preaching. Americans are apathetic. They'll see miracles and yawn and yawn and go home. In most nations, you see a miracle, they'll come out by the droves to see a miracle because they don't have general assistance. They don't have free government clinics. They either get healed or they're going to die. But we're so apathetic. So God gave you a new head. You didn't have a head. No, sir. So you had no head. No, sir. God grew you on a new head. Yeah. So you're pretty excited about that, aren't you? Yeah. Americans get excited about everything but church. I said they get excited about everything. I don't care if Emmett's playing amen for the Phoenix Cardinals. They ain't going to help him anyway. Our blood pressure gets up. We'll go into a deep, deep depression if our home team doesn't win. What about church? What about if the service doesn't win? And then I hear these Christians talking after church. How did you, what do you think about, you know, you hear them talking. What did you think about the service? What did you think about it? What did you think about the preaching? A little judgmental, don't you think? We're coming to church, checking out the environment, putting up the thermostat. Did you feel anything? Did you feel it yet? You know, my question is, what did you do in that service to make it live? While you're sitting there praising God like a Christian ventriloquist, singing without moving your lips, and you wonder why you're not receiving anything. This is my last service. I'm hitting you and run. I may run, I may run out before the altar calls over. I don't care if the, all five strings are out of tune on the guitar. Thank God for music. God shows up. I've been in little pioneer churches 
where the pastor's wife's over there going, it's like a bang calf. So shoot that thing, kill it. It's hurting me. And then God show up. Because it wasn't the, the song, the new special song that's going to bring the anointing. It was because their heart was right with God. There's another reason, another hindrance of spiritual forces withstand the Word of God. Did you know the devil comes to church? He's faith, more faithful than some of you folks. You might have missed a night of revival, but he didn't. He'll show up every service and try to sit on it like a big marshmallow. He'll squat on the service. I've come to kick the trespassers out tonight. I said, the devil's a liar, and we have the authority to take dominion. Here's Acts chapter 13, verse 8, but Elimus the sorcerer, that's just a nice name for amen, warlock. He withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul from the faith. Listen, Paul was opposed, but Paul rebuked him and sent him away blind. Now, that would get some folks' attention. Now, I know you've prayed for that gift. Anybody here ever pray for the gift of turning someone to charcoal? It didn't stop Paul. He just kept on preaching. We let the devil whip us. I learned a long time ago as a young pastor, I told our church, I said, we're going to sing until we get the dominion here. And I'm gonna, if I, that don't work, I'm going to preach until I get the dominion. But we're not going to leave this service whipped like a bunch of dogs. The devil's a liar. We didn't come prepare ourselves, open these doors, turn on the coolers, uh, amen, and seek God and worship to the best of our ability to let the devil rob us of this service. We're going to take the dominion. And how many know he's allergic to praise? He's allergic to real Holy Ghost worship. Amen. I'm talking about heartfelt spontaneity. He can't stand that kind of praise. Every time we worship God, we give him a migraine headache. He can't handle all that praise. He's got to move down the street, down to the Jehovah Witness. We used to have signs in our fellowship, the church that God goes to. Remember those signs? That was before the friendly family church. God would show up. The sinners get saved, backsliders get restored, marriages get healed. There's nothing like it in all the world to be a part of a Holy Ghost service. I want to tell you that most of the, 90% of the things that God has done in my life, it happened in the context of a church service. It was a prophecy that I heard. It was a miracle that I, it was a sermon that saved my rear end kept my fat out of the fire when I knew I was going to slide in and my pastor get up not knowing and the Holy Ghost read my mail. How many of you still remember the first Holy Ghost service you were in and you thought somebody thinked on me and you got mad. Somebody told him I was going to be here tonight. I might as well just stand up while he's preaching. He's talking about me. 
We finally catch on that God's trying to help us. Can you say amen tonight? And lastly, the last hindrance tonight that we need to look at is rebellion. A generation that loves the message but hates the messenger. Proverbs 17, 11, an evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30 through 33, they set before you as my people. They appear to be my people. It says they go home and talk about you. I love you, Pastor. (laughs) Want to give me a hickey and they hate me. Hate what I stand for, what I represent. Pastor Mitchell said they kill the prophets and the next generation they build monuments to them. What a wonderful man he was as we threw the last rock on. First Thessalonians 2, 13, for this reason we also thank God. Listen, without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. How do we know that they received it? Listen to what the Word of God says. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God. I want to close this evening and tell you that this can be cultivated. How do we cultivate it tonight? The Bible says, sow for yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till He comes and reigns righteousness on you. How do we cultivate it? We develop it, first of all, by repentance, a heart of humility. You know, proud people are gospel resistant. Humble people tonight are quick to repent. Secondly, plow in prayer. Thirdly, have a heart of gratitude. You know, this is not tonight my right. This is my privilege to be in this place tonight. When everybody's screaming, my rights, my rights, this is my right. No, this is our privilege to hear the Word of God preached. Amen? And lastly, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. I thank God tonight for Holy Ghost preaching. This is dinosaur ministry. This is, this is tonight the last of the breed men in our fellowship that preach the Word of God under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for preaching. When I come to the house of God, I say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want your direction in my life. I just want to know. Speak to me. And God is so faithful. How many here tonight, we've been saved by a sermon we heard preached, and our pastor came in. How many times? I went to Pastor Mitchell one time. I said, I've got a deep, I've got a, this is a serious problem. Do you have a couple hours? He said, oh, it won't take that long. I said, I've got a financial problem. It's a, it's, I've got a, I'm a mess in my finances. You know what he said? He said, step into this room. I sat down. He said, he looked across the table. He said, pay your tithe, pay your bills, and live on the rest.
That's it? Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> Word of God is not that complex. We sing that song, I'll say yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. How many are still saying yes to Jesus tonight? I want us to bow our heads together. Our heads are bowed tonight in the presence of God. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.